maybe I won't figure this out. I'll mess it up. I'll do something wrong. The visa might fall through. They'll deny my visa, miss my flight. Everything that you can think of going wrong <laughs> came to my mind, like even before I applied. Right? <laughs> okay. I didn't apply yet, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello, folks. So we are here with Anika, and I am so excited to introduce you to her today. I was really excited because coming abroad, I was trying to find information from a Caribbean perspective, and then I found her on Instagram, and I was just like, this is what I'm looking for. And the perfect thing is that she also talks about the experience of other Caribbean millennials, such as from Barbie. Barbados, Jamaica, all over the Caribbean. So I just love what she does. I think that she gives a lot of value. So we're going to learn more about her today. So hi, Anika. Hello, everybody. Um, Hi, April. Thanks so much for reaching out to me and having me on your channel. Um, I'm so excited to be here because like you said, this is all the stuff that I live for. Yeah. And I'm really, really glad that you were able to benefit from the Caribbean Millennial and the content that I've been putting out and all the stories that we've been sharing. So I'm excited to dive in today. (laughs) Yeah. So Anika, please tell us more about yourself. Where are you located now? So right now I'm in Murcia, which is in the south of Spain, southeast, I believe, because I was in Madrid for the first three years, Uh um, but I decided I wanted to try something different. This is my last year on the program, so um, I'm really into the cultural experiences and um, trying to get as much of a variety of what it means to be in a country um, from my experience abroad. So yeah, that's why I moved really. Wow, that's that's awesome. So you don't even want to just learn from a Madrid perspective, but also all over Spain. As much as I can, just soak it all up. <laughs> yeah. And I can I can sense that passion from you because from your content from Instagram and your podcast, which we will learn more about, I can sense that you really want to get as much information as possible and share that with others so that it can help us, you know? Because yeah. from a Caribbean perspective, I'm sure you know that. Well, it's like many of us may still have the thought that to travel, it's hard. It may mm-hmm. be expensive and it may be only for a luxury look um, vacations. But as we are sharing with you, it doesn't have to be just for vacation. It can be for long term, for work, for study, for teaching English, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> As we're mentioning um, teaching English, what program are you a part of right now? Um, so I'm currently on the beta program, um, which is, you know, um, it's separate from the ministry program, which if you look up teaching English in Spain, you're going to come across more information about the ministry program, which does not include us Caribbean people, especially if you don't have dual citizenship. So if you're a Caribbean born, uh, but you live in America and you have dual citizenship, you can do that program. But beta is a blessing for us Caribbean people because they acknowledge that we speak English. <laughs> um, so I'm on that program. Um, and yeah, I've been with them for the last three years. This is my fourth and my final year with them. And so um, I've just been really happy to share that experience with people, especially because, um, like you said before, you're going to look online, you're not going to find content that's related to you and your experience. So 
there's many information online for people that are from different countries but yeah. for caribbeans right caribbean people there's hardly any so i just i really am happy to find your content and that's what i'm trying to do here as well trying to create content <laughs> The more the merrier. We need all of the perspectives that we can find. Yes. And that's why for me with the Caribbean millennial, I didn't want it to be, oh, this is a Nicolese Trinidadian perspective of life in Spain. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm here in Spain and there are so many Caribbean people. Let's have conversation. Let's share, you know. Mm -hmm. And for me, like one of the most important parts of it too in the sharing is sharing these struggles. Because this is not easy. Like you you think moving abroad is difficult. You think it's impossible. It's not impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's not difficult, but it's not easy. And so in, in sharing what we've been through and in, in being open and honest about that, it gives you guys listening the opportunity to, to not make those mistakes, to learn from us and to grow before you even get here. And I think that's important. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. So why did you decide? Well, first of all, we're talking about the Caribbean and you yeah. are from Trinidad, right? Yeah. Okay. So what are some things, what are a few things people may not know about Trinidad? Man, I don't know. Like, uh, this question really like stumped me because I'm just mm. like, what may people not know about Trinidad? Um, we have the saying that Trini is like salt, we and everything. <laughs> Listen, that's like the truth truth like we are in everything like i was shocked to find out the other day that there was a um i think like up to three trainees that i know of who worked on beyond this black is king project one was her hairstylist one did costuming and then another one she helped the the you know the costume director the sewing and i was just like mind blown mm -hmm. um Trinidadians, we were everywhere and I, it just, I'm like, whoa, we do all these incredible things and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that people from other countries all over the world are like salt and are in everything as well. But like that perspective of, of how much we've contributed to, you know, different things that, that people hold in such high esteem just like makes me feel like, oh my goodness. And touching into that, we're very proud people, but not proud or patriotic in an American patriotic way. Like, no, it's not Trinidad or nothing. Oh. It's proud in the, we love our culture so much. We love our country so much. And we just love to share that with people. And, and when people eat roti and when people eat doubles, like we're just excited to hear your feedback. Like, even if it's bad, we'll take it. The fact that you tried it, the fact that you're here with us, celebrating our culture, enjoying it means the world to us and um i love that about us yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something about doubles doubles <laughs> <laughs> it changed my life so i actually come um came in contact with trinidadians when i was in university in the, mm -hmm. um, at the university of the west indies and we hung out a lot and they brought us to a trinidadian restaurant and we had doubles we had bus up shots did you have dal curry? Because that's my favorite routine. That's my favorite routine. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And, you know, it wasn't even the authentic, you know, because it was in Jamaica. Um, yeah. Right. But still, had a good hand. Like, all Korean people, we could cook. <laughs> Of course, we cook really well, so it's true. It was really good. So I really want to go to Trinidad, um, visit my friends, and yes. just see the country. <laughs> you would love it there. You love that authenticity because I think um, 
Mm-hmm. I think throughout the entire region, authenticity is like a like yes, we market tourism, but as you've experienced traveling around Europe, for example, you might see that it's more like it feels like tourism, you know. <laughs> but home, we still have maintained, and I think that's what's important in our brand of tourism: the Caribbean style, the Caribbean lifestyle, Caribbean right. food. Yeah, so authenticity is something you'll experience once you get yeah. there. You know that. <laughs> Take a Caribbean trip, I'm telling you, you will enjoy it. <laughs> All right, Anika, so why did you decide to do this program for up to four years? Um, I'm going to give you the straight answer and it's just like, I didn't really have a plan for my life. Like, so growing up, I was a person, I knew I was going to leave Trinidad and I was going to travel. That's all I wanted to do. That was top priority for 11 year old me. Um, and so I, beta came up on my radar while I was in Colombia. I taught English there for two years as well. And, you know, coming up to the end of that contract, I was just like, oof, I don't want to go home. Like, this is the beginning. Um, and uh, it was a similar program to beta. So we had a lot of Caribbean people there and we had like a group chat. And one of my friends, Theron, he found, um, you know, the beta program and he shared it in the group. and almost all of us applied <laughs> and almost all of us got through and almost all of us are still here today four years later <laughs> that's amazing so yeah you have community as well exactly we've had that community we built that community there and we've transplanted that community here <laughs> <laughs> yes. um i came in well just last year this is my second year now mm-hmm, yeah but I am so grateful for the Caribbean community I have here, even in my small little city, because I'm not in Madrid, I can still connect with you guys on WhatsApp. And fun fact, Anika and I have not met face to face as yet. (laughs) I would have met you if I hadn't left for Murcia, because I left for Murcia, I think the same day that you came to Madrid. Oh yes, when I visited. So I, I may, I would have met you had things turned out differently. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I am looking forward to the day we'll meet. I will, yeah. you know, <laughs> and um, yes, I'm just to show that even if we haven't met face to face, the community is there. You feel yeah. the support. You get to learn from other people's perspective, and it helps so much. So, um, for the most part, you're not here on your own. So no. just encourage you have your com- um, your community abroad and just get in contact with us wherever you go. Wherever you go, um, a, a story came to mind uh, about about you know having community and I was in in Colombia in a small city called Sintelejo uh, in Sucre and I gone to Cartagena, no Barranquilla for carnival. Casey lived in Barranquilla and. You know, just being in the WhatsApp group, being in communication with these people. Um, they're not friends, but you know, their community at that point, Casey wasn't a friend yet. <laughs> um, but I went to Barranquilla and I ended up staying in her neighborhood. And I didn't know that, but I messaged her and I was like, hey girl, I'm in Barranquilla, da 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 da, carnival, boom. And then she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in this neighborhood. And she's like, I live in that neighborhood. And then we were like five minutes away from each other. And Ava was also visiting that weekend because it was carnival in Barranquilla. So I met up with them, you know, just by having um, access to that community, just by having a WhatsApp group. 
Mm-hmm. So I usually go somewhere, and one of my biggest concerns when I move abroad is always, am I gonna find Caribbean people? Mm-hmm. Um, if you think that that's you know a thing that you're gonna be fixated on, just like you start up the group, create the WhatsApp group. So when you meet another person, like, hey, um, there's a WhatsApp group. Let's let's stay connected, mm-hmm. and that's how it builds and it grows, and then. Because when we moved to Madrid, it was just the four of us, Casey, myself, Danielle, and Raniel. We just the four of us, and now we're like 50 people. And yeah. I'm just like, every time somebody new is added to the group, I'm like... <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just because I know the power of having that community, of having just somebody to turn to, to ask for help, of having somebody to just, you know, say, you know, this thing happened to me today and I don't know how to feel about it. Um, It is very important because sometimes you just need to share, you know, you just need to share what's going on. Um, It may not be the same tomorrow, but in that space, especially when you are abroad for the first time, you're going to go through culture shock and just having the community there helps a lot. (laughs) So much like culture shock. I think people underestimate it. Uh Because it's like the smallest things that really get to you. Yes. Yeah, because you're not in the environment you're used to. So everything is big for you, even if it's, you know, technically small. Well, yeah, like I can say that four years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but like beginning, for example, in the beginning, like I remember coming, I was like, oh my goodness, this is my first time in like a huge city, Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Bogota before, but it didn't seem that huge compared to here. Like when I was looking at the maps of Madrid, I was just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get this. Um, but fortunately, you know, Casey, Daniel, and Ranil had already been here for some time. Um, a couple of days, really. <laughs> but they had more experience than me. So I, I really clung on to them. Those, my first week here, I was like, okay, how does this work? Um, where do I get tickets? Like, you know, and if it wasn't for them, I would have been a complete fish out of water. Just like, even though I speak Spanish, mm-hmm. it's just like that overwhelm of being in a brand new place. Yeah. And about the magnitude of it oh my gosh i'm in europe uh <laughs> like you know it's like what yeah yeah all those feelings combined everything yeah. hitting you all at once <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely having a community helps so um you mentioned that you had traveled before before coming to madrid what was that experience like and where did you go um yeah so my first you know big girl move abroad experience was to colombia um i studied spanish at the university of the west indies St. augustine campus in Trinidad, um and there a lot of our lecturers were colombian they came from the pedagogica nacional which is a public university that trains teachers in different um, subjects and so most of mine had studied Spanish, they teach Spanish as a foreign language, and they taught at UE. And there was an exchange program at the end of our second year, um, mm-hmm. when the degree, where three of us would go to Bogota and three from Bogota would come to um, Trinidad and help, you know, people on the St. Augustine campus with Spanish, and we go to the Pedagogica Nacional and help people with their English. Oh. And that was like my first experience teaching English. That was my first time away from home for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And even though it was what I had wanted at 11 years old, 
when that opportunity came to me, I, I kind of like froze and I didn't want to take it. Oh. I've gone through so much to get there, by the way. Like I enrolled at UWE and I was studying geography and um, environmental, something about the environment. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't say that lightly because I was confused in those classrooms. I was like, why am I here? <laughs> so I spent an entire year just being like, what's going on? Uh-huh. Um, and then I switched to the Spanish program back on track, feeling like this is, I'm on course, I'm going to move abroad soon. I can feel it in the air. And you know, the opportunity comes and I'm like, oof, am I ready? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this what you really want? Like, mm-hmm. And you know, like all of those things that we kind of briefly touched on before, um, kind of like feeling like uh, this is going to be hard. Even though you're going through a program, even though you have the support of your Colombian teachers, even though you have the support of students who had done the exchange the year before, mm-hmm. um, just feeling like, maybe I won't figure this out. I'll mess it up. I'll do something wrong. The visa might fall through. You'll deny my visa, miss my flight. Everything that you can think of going wrong <laughs> came to my mind, like even before I applied. Right? <laughs> okay. I didn't apply yet, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't going to apply, like honestly. Uh-huh. Um, but I ended up applying only because I found out that only three people were going to apply, myself included. Uh-huh. I was like, if three of us going to apply, then three of us going to go. It's like a shoo-in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up doing that because a lot of my peers that year were really focused on, they want to graduate and they want to start working and start their lives. Mm-hmm. And to each his own, you know? Yeah. But for me, I was like, mm, that's not what I want. Like, I don't even know what my life's going to look like. Um, so I'm going to take this year as a sabbatical and, and experience something different. Mm-hmm. Like I talked about this before, like that's a huge thing for me. It's like immersing yourself in a different culture and, and seeing how other people live. And my degree is in Spanish. Um, this is a great opportunity for me to improve my right. fluency. Cause you know, at that point I did speak Spanish, but fluently, no. Um, <laughs> So, so Colombia, that first year in Colombia, was uh, a huge learning curve in terms of really testing my resilience, testing my ability to to navigate new Mm -hmm. situations and difficult situations because I, one of the things I didn't think about happening happened and nobody wanted to happen. I lost my passport. And it would, yeah, it would have been fine if it was like just my passport, but I lost my passport. It's my 10 year US visa in it oh. um, that I just gotten. So, <laughs> yeah, so it sucked. And to this day, I could remember that feeling, just feeling like the wind was just like completely hit out of your body. And you're just like having a, like you can see your body from above. And just like wow this this really happened to me um but that experience i can look back what is it now six years later wow six years later Ooh, wow. i have like three more years left on that visa before i can apply for anyone <laughs> <laughs> but um for me it was just like looking back at that now and just seeing how again community building community and like relying on these people and that everything is figure outable mm-hmm. like you have a problem it's not the end of the world yeah. You're not the first person to lose their passport, then you're not going to be the last person to lose their passport. Mm-hmm. 
fortunately for me, like I was in a situation where I lived in Colombia. Um, so I had, you know, a, a decent amount of time to put things together and figure out how I'm getting home. And so it wasn't like a matter of you're on a trip and somebody steal your bag with all of your belongings in it. So you can't figure your life out, you know? This was my base. So I had I had ample space and opportunity to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, Colombians as well, my friends who were around me at the time, they were just so supportive and just uh, there for me in ways that I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. People would be there for you. And um, yeah, so that first year was a very like grounded and like learning experience. Um, then I went back to Trinidad, I went back home, got a new passport, <laughs> graduated. <laughs> and uh, moved back to Colombia um, because at the end of the degree program we have uh, the opportunity I think across all campuses to do ECTEX which is at the government level and they send you different parts of Colombia to different universities I think some people go to high schools but the majority of us worked in universities and um, that year I didn't get placed in a big city I was placed in a small town so again, more, more learning. Like I knew Colombia, yes, but I knew big city Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, here I was in Cincelejo. Some Colombians don't even know where that is or what that is. Majority um, <laughs> of people are probably like, who listening to this now? Probably like, what? Uh-huh. So Cincelejo is like on the Caribbean coast. And in the same way we speak English in our own style, they speak Spanish in their own style. And I left Cincelejo and I still don't understand anything anybody said to me there. (laughs) I don't understand. But I have a friend who's from Barbados and he was in Cincelejo that year as well. When Chad, when I met Chad in in Cincelejo, he didn't speak any Spanish. When Chad left Cincelejo, Chad didn't didn't speak Spanish either. Chad was speaking Cincelejano. (laughs) He... To this day, he amazes me. I'm just like, what? <laughs> but me now, because I went in with my Spanish, um, you know, I I was just like confused. I was like, this was not in your textbook. <laughs> yeah, it's not the not the foundation that you learned. <laughs> it, it, it just no, not connecting, and and so that's also another thing that a lot of us you. That's a challenge that you're gonna have to overcome. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do the things that I needed to do in, in Spanish with people who I understood mm-hmm. and people who made themselves understandable to me. And that's another thing. People don't have to accommodate you, you're in their space. Yeah. Um, so you you have to work with what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, whether that means like through community. Mm-hmm. So you make friends and they help you out. Um, uh, so yeah, things like that. So you learn so much and there's just like, we can sit and we can talk for hours, April and I, or anybody who comes yeah. to my podcast, anybody who, who's on my blog, and talk about our experiences. But we could never cover all the things that you're going to experience. No, it, it's, um, it's true. It's something that if you're interested in, you have to experience for yourself. But the mm-hmm. good thing is that you can also hear from people before you. And you know what? I'm so happy you actually overcame that challenge. And even though I'm sure it was hard. In oh my God. I'm sure now that you look back you're grateful in a way that you know how you overcame it and you know that you're stronger and you can do this Um, yeah Um, it reminds me of a quote that I saw recently um, on Instagram 
and it will it actually fits into this where it says don't be too hard on yourself when you make mistakes like other people have made the same mistake as you have so you know try your best to move past it while doing the best thing in the situation so exactly yeah, yeah. and I, i'd like to add to that quote also it's like other people have also made the mistake but when we make a mistake it also comes from a place of we don't know at that moment better yes. yeah so that when you make that mistake you learn from that don't just make a mistake and beat yourself up about it like the quote says but make the mistake don't actively make mistakes huh? make mistakes <laughs> and just know that there's a lesson to learn from that uh-huh. and use that moving forward because when you know better you do better so you do yeah don't, don't hold it against yourself it's not worth it <laughs> So helpful. So you mentioned your podcast, Bacchanal Abroad. Bacchanal Abroad, yes. Um, about it. Yeah, so this year I actually started the podcast. Um, we were going into lockdown, you know, the first lockdown in Madrid, uh, in Spain. Yes. And, um, at that point I was just like, I'm going to buy a microphone. We're going to start a podcast. <laughs> Nice. Because in the in the group in the WhatsApp group, like I think Ferosa had talked about this. She was like, "Oh, you know, it'd be really cool if you did a podcast." It's like podcast and a blog. That's like plenty work though. And then I was like, "But now all this free time is on the horizon." So I was like, <laughs> um, "So yeah, I really created, you know, back in all abroad as like an add-on to the Caribbean Millennial." Um, just because I feel like people connect more to when, like, yeah, I can see you. And I, I know that you look like me, and I know you come from where I come from. But like when I could hear your voice, and I could, I could connect to your accent, because like that's it for me. Like hearing another Caribbean accent, I'm just like ears perked up. I wanna know everything. Yeah. Um, especially when it's in a space that I'm interested in. So like in this case, moving abroad, it's like for me, I wanted to like create that just so that people could always. Have a place that they can come back to and, and hear these stories and, and and get the advice and get the support that they needed in the form of a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody on Instagram, not everybody like to read blogs. So, yeah. another medium. <laughs> yeah, another medium. Yeah. So, um, I actually got the privilege of being on your podcast, <laughs> and I'm actually grateful for that. So, go ahead and listen to her podcast. I've listened to several of them, the episodes already, and it is helpful when you're doing your chores, when you're just, you know, sitting and relaxing. That's the great part about podcasts. You can do them while doing something else, so you don't have to sit and read or sit and watch. So. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for creating that, and it's going strong. Yeah, you've interviewed several people, so please go. Yeah, I'm. I'm always so so happy, yeah. especially that people want to share. Um, because sometimes I feel like in in our communities we can hold things back mm-hmm. because we don't want to come across as you know weak, or sometimes you don't want to come across as bossy, or sometimes you don't want to come across as different things. I'm kind of like hoard information, and I was like, no, we're not hoarding anything here. Uh, This isn't like, especially having been in that place where I'm looking and I can't find the information, you know? And then I want this, I was like, I know that there's a need from it from a place where I was six years ago. So it's it's that thing about creating anything that you want to see. You know, like being the change that you want to be in the world doesn't mean um, stopping hunger and poverty. That'd be great if you could do that. Mm-hmm. 
but it also means that these small things like filling the void where information is missing for your community, um, supporting people in whatever way that you can. It doesn't have to, I think we always think about it in grandiose ways, yeah. uh, but it's very, it, it's very simple if you, if you want to make it simple. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And uh, so um, you have been abroad for what, six years now? Yeah, I, I would say, I think it's five. Yeah, five. This is, five. this will be year six. <laughs> So how does that affect your connection with home or what you feel to be your connection? I'm, my friends always like pick on me for this and make fun and stuff like that just because I, I love Trinidad and Tobago from afar. <laughs> I can't see myself like, you know, living there. Like I love my culture and I love the people, but to live long term, just not my style at the moment uh, I think you know in my youth I just want to explore I just want to see I want to do more and there's a lot of things that I can't see and do at home in being abroad it has definitely led to even more of a disconnect for okay. me mm -hmm. yeah like sometimes when you know people ask me about Caribbean culture and Caribbean people and you know I've been away from home for five years that's half a decade now it's like at some point I start feeling like I'm not even really Trini anymore. Like what's this plan? What people just talk about? Like what people just do? Like what's the latest? You know? Um and even like in, in my accents, I feel like it's changed so much. Um even though I really like I that's my thing. Like I like to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. But you could only hold on to it so much five years away from home, you know? Um so yeah. My bond with home is still on an an identity level like that's who I am I am Trinidadian I'm yeah. never denying that like anybody ask me where I'm from it's painstaking as you may know here in Spain there's like what um, especially for Trinidad and Tobago just because the, the phonetics are so different English okay. is Spanish so when you explain Trinidad and Tobago they're like ah see 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 it's in Africa no <laughs> but because I love my country so much I go through the the routine of this line of questioning <laughs> to educate these people and tell them no you know this is where it is this is what we do this is who we are so yeah. like yeah at an identity level that's who i am i'm trinidadian i'm trinbagonian uh can't forget tobago at all right uh, <laughs> and that, that runs in my blood that that's that's a part of me literally um so so yeah i feel like it's it's been a disconnect in terms of like staying up to date and staying current Mm -hmm. But um, for me, at my root, at my core, I'm Trinidad, I'm Trinidadian, so. Yeah, you never lose that. You know, never yeah, lose. you never lose that. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. I, I think um, maybe there may be this, whew, how do I explain? I've seen some statements made for people who, um, about people, I should say, that travel abroad, like, you know, thinking that somehow they don't care about their country or they they think they're better than and i think that that's a big lie because at the root of it we love our countries we definitely you know um can identify and if anybody should say anything you, you can see our attitude you know <laughs> but at the same time we also understand that there's more outside and we want to explore for those of us who are interested in traveling um I wanted to add to that and, and one of the things that came up for me as you as you were talking about that point is just that when I one of the things that frustrates me mm -hmm. personally <laughs> is that 
when, for example, in the Trinidadian context, in the Trinidadian context, all of our leaders have, you know, traveled the world and they've attended all these summits and these conferences and they've rubbed shoulders with all of these people and they're in positions of power to make changes. They've seen all the things that work and all the things that don't work. But for some reason, they keep us stuck in, in these historical colonial contexts that do not apply anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I travel, that's, that's why I do it. Because if and when I go back home and I and I'm in the workforce, I'm in, you know, in a, in a role contributing in a meaningful way to society. It is to effect positive change. It's not just to be better than, like, what does that mean? I feel like when people say better than, it is projection. Mm-hmm. They, they think you're better than them. Nobody thinks they're better than anybody else. Everybody has their own things that they're dealing with. Who yeah. has time to feel like I'm better than you? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so for me, this whole experience, is, it's cumulative in that when I go back home, I definitely want to, to share this with people. And because I've been away from home for five years, uh, I do that through my blog and through my podcast because I'm not going to wait until I go home, like hold all this information and take it home like a savior. No, um, I want you to have this information now because it's important now. And it will be important years from now. But yeah, so like to add to that point, that's how I feel about, you know, us moving abroad and us traveling and us experiencing the world and, and, and exploring and doing. It is, in a sense, going to benefit all of us in the long term. Yeah, it will. And I just love what you said. I mean, seeing other things that are happening abroad that works and bringing it to your country. Mm-hmm. That is so important because it's true. We are developing. That means yeah. we still need things to change and to get better while keeping the things that are working. Yeah, of course. And it's not like to just, you know, take this thing from Spain and just, you know, transplant it home. No. As Caribbean people who have lived in Spain, for example, if we've seen something that, that works, we know both contexts and we know what what would make the most sense back home. Yes. And what what would you know what makes the least sense in the, in these contexts so yeah it's not just gonna be oh they do this amazing thing in spain um they don't wash their hands when they use the bathroom <laughs> that's a generalization that's a generalization oh they don't wash their hands when they use the bathroom we shouldn't do that too nobody's gonna nobody's gonna do that <laughs> no you come to the caribbean with that <laughs> Please, uh, like this just um just drives the point home more hey guys keep washing your hands <laughs> Yeah, it's doing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. And you know what? You touched on something really incredible. When you travel abroad, you also learn what is actually good in your country compared to others because that occurs. You realize yes. that, oh my gosh, what we've been doing, which is normal to us, this is a good thing. And other countries may not have the same perspective. Like, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Add into that. It's kind of like, you know, you think you're moving to Spain, you're moving to Europe. It's going to be better than back home. Um, no, like if you are a Caribbean person listening to this, watching this video, please. Um, and you have this idea that things that are not from the Caribbean are better, inherently better for some reason. Forget that. Not a um, forget it. That's not true. That's a stereotype that, you know, they drilled into us thanks to colonialism. Um, but we need to discard that because, as you just heard, there are some things that are 
wait, okay, like how how do you use the bathroom and don't wash your hand? Uh, <laughs> like, where you get that from? You get dragged up. Uh, <laughs> it's not clicking. Um, so don't expect and like another nightmare that we have here is bureaucracy. And I think back home it's it's the same. I know in Trinidad it's the same. In, yeah. uh, I can't complain about things taking long in Spain. Mm-hmm. You will expect because it's a first world country that it shouldn't take so long, but it does. Yeah. And you have to live with that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, it's um it's similar in Jamaica. It's the same. Um, things you go to a government office. But forget going after lunch. Um, <laughs> nobody walking. Seriously, <laughs> getting people ready to go home. If you don't reach day nine o'clock, if you don't reach day before the door open, forget it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, exactly. So there are some things that you will see that are similar. Definitely things that are better, but definitely things that are not as good. So mm-hmm. you, yeah. That you. Um, one thing I've also learned is that I have come to appreciate my country more being abroad. And it's the truth for me personally. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I definitely love being here, but I also get to see that these things that I just took as normal are really important and I love my country more. So. Yeah, for sure. There are, there are so many things that, that you can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one, miss I mean, here in Spain, they do enjoy like socializing, but their version of socializing is very chatty. I'm not a very chatty person. Um, I can't talk about I can't talk about nothing for hours. Let's put it that way, because that's what they do. I just be like, "How are you all still talking? <laughs> like what?" Yeah, and I miss. And I mean, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I don't know what it's gonna look like after this. But I miss, you know, our Caribbean context of socializing. You know, going out into an open space, and food and drinks, and everybody having a good time, and everybody. I don't know you from anywhere, but you, you're my, you know, you're my friend in in this space right here. And it's so easy to connect with people. Um, and, and back to that point about Trinidadians being so proud of their culture, it even like within from like how we relate to each other. Um, so like you, you don't know anybody, you don't know this person, you go somewhere alone, but you leave with friends. Um, I miss that. I just miss how, how open and, and just like, it's how easy it is to relate. Um, maybe that's because I'm a Caribbean person and maybe if I was Spanish, I might be, it might be easier for me to relate mm-hmm. to Spanish people. But I've heard, because I've been here for three years, in talking with people um, who are not from Madrid, that people, that Madrileños, people in Madrid are, they hard to connect with. Okay. Um, yeah. So maybe it's not even uh, us being outside of, from outside of the culture. It's just, you know, it's hard to connect with people from Madrid. <laughs> wow, that's actually um, a good perspective because I'm in Andalusia. I'm in the south of Spain, mm-hmm. in Ayen, and yeah. um, I have connected. It's not a lot, but the people that I've connected with, it's actually incredible how how good our connection is. Whenever we go go out, it's like they're there for me. They're there to help me. And within my school, I'm telling you, it feels like a family. I feel so included and. I don't get the same perspective as in Madrid 
but in the south they definitely have a, a friendly a welcoming vibe here and i guess with socializing they still have the small talk they still have the, the um the custom where they will sit <laughs> uh-huh. um but in terms of connection i i feel like i have a good connection here yeah yeah so like if for me like moving to murutia where i am now i can see the difference already it's a smaller city um and people know you're not from here um and so people are more they're willing to to offer a hand everybody's like oh anything you need or anything and uh they go out of their way to to try to help you maybe in the end they might have wasted your time which has happened <laughs> maybe they might have wasted my time but you know what at least they made the effort yeah at least they tried because uh, in my experience in madrid it's just going to be like i don't know like, <laughs> and that's yeah, it yeah lawyer um like you know <laughs> so so yeah um it, it's different everywhere you go and i find that in smaller cities it's easier to connect in general mm-hmm. the only difference for me has been colombia um where across the board it, it it was easy to connect with people small town big town everybody was just like oh my gosh come let me <laughs> come and eat this come and do this like try this bear eat this eat this apple uh, like, you know yeah it was wonderful but like here it's been very different across the regions yeah yeah i think um the regions do have a difference with their customs and mm-hmm. um i just want to make you aware those that are listening it's not like everyone is perfect oh yeah but the people that we've connected with they've been really great <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. So Anika, um just to land the plane a bit. What advice would you give to those that desire to travel abroad from the Caribbean? Those that are thinking about it. So these spaces that, you know, April's created that I've created, use them. Um ask us questions, reach out to us. Um I speaking from my personal experience, I know at times I can be very I don't want to ask for help for shame and like whatever reasons but forget that like these spaces exist for you like any question there are no stupid questions um I come to understand like before I used to be like that's a dumb question why would you ask that um but some people they're just things that people don't know and and that's why I'm that's why we're here that's why we're in dialogue Um it is something that we didn't talk about in the video that you really want to know slide in our DM send us a message yeah. um because you like I said before you can never know everything that you need to know before you leave but you can make use of the tools that exist and try to get as comfortable and as familiar as possible um also because I I I have the experience of moving abroad without a plan um have a plan figure it out um that's you know for me initially with the career millennial it was just like oh to put information out there like yes you can travel yes you can do this we're all doing it come do it too now i'm taking more of an approach of okay i've been here for a long time and i feel like i'm spinning top in mud as we say in trinidad <laughs> um how do you avoid this how do you like you know plan to yourself If you know you're going to be here for one year, what are the things that you want to do? How do you want this experience to enrich your life? Um figure that out because listen, one year abroad is like 2 months. Yeah. 
time flies so fast. Yeah. You, I remember my first year in Colombia. I didn't do much my first year in Colombia because there, there was no time. Plus, I lost my passport. It was like, <laughs> it was like there was nothing to do. Um, you, you really want to ground yourself and plan. What are the experiences that you want to have? You want to move abroad for love. You know you looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend. That's top of your priority. If you know you want to save money, you know that's the top of your priority. And and just plan that out because the time disappears. <laughs> like, I can't believe it's five years out here already. Five years. <laughs> oh, Anika, I really love that. I really mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, definitely have a plan as much as you can. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah. Yeah, because this is... This is not just, you know, time off work or time off life, which is, which blows my mind because a lot of people, a lot of, you know, the older generation back home, my family, they're like, so when you come in home again, a real job, <laughs> I'm like, ex- like, like these five years of my life don't exist. Like these five years of my life haven't contributed in a meaningful way to my growth and to, you know, uh-huh. there's not free time. There's not play. And a lot of people think that I just out here playing. I'm not like... <laughs> I'm not. And so I really want to encourage you to to not see it as, you know, time off life because it's not. Mm-hmm. It is part of your life and it's going to contribute in a meaningful way if you let it mm-hmm. and you should let it. So plan for that. Incorporate it into, into your vision for your life. Um, I don't want to get all preachy, but yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, there's a bigger picture and how how is how are these years abroad gonna feed into that for you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean I'm listening and I'm interviewing you, but I'm actually getting a lot of gems from this. <laughs> yeah. I'm that's why I'm here, girl. Um so yeah, like for me, I just really that's the kind of the kind of thing that I want people to like take away from 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 all of our conversations from from interacting in these spaces like not to make like you know the mistakes that i've made for example like just moving abroad without a plan just like hey gonna be abroad you know living the life <laughs> um yeah living the life but it's actually living my life it's not just the life whose life are you living because right. that's the thing like when we say living the life it's always coming from a place of of like boastfulness and bragging and like look at me i'm abroad mm-hmm. you at home like no this is your life like stay focused (laughs) yeah stay focused yeah stay focused because it's so easy to lose the plot also like it's so easy to go of course and you're abroad and all these things are new and shiny you want to do everything you want to meet everybody you want to go everywhere and you kind of end up losing yourself Mm -hmm. um and you have to regroup really quickly and stay focused stay on track (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and as you said if you if you realize that you're in that space then just regroup refocus yeah, come, come back come back to yourself it's easy yeah <laughs> yeah it is okay so if you could describe long-term traveling abroad in one word what would you say what's the first thing the first thing that came to my mind there was life-changing you are not gonna go back home the same person if you travel for two weeks and you do a mini Euro trip or you go to South America on a road trip, whatever, you spend five days in St. Lucia on the beach, you're going to go back home the same person. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, maybe you may have had a life changing experience in that time, not discounting it. Um, but definitely when you live abroad long term, one year, 
two years, five years, 15 years, you are, are such a different person mm -hmm. because now, now I am not the 22 year old Anika Lee that left Port of Spain to live in Colombia. Um, and I am not the 24 year old Anika Lee that left Colombia to move to Spain. Um, I have all of those experiences contributing to 27 year old Anika Lee here in Murcia. And that's gonna contribute to um, 90 year old Anika Lee, uh, wherever she might find herself in whatever space and you know just being able to look back and and see all the changes in your life and how how that led you to where you are wherever you are right now um that's what long-term traveling is is gonna do for you it's gonna change your life um and it's up to you to decide for the good or for the better because it is gonna happen <laughs> there's no there's no going back the same person yeah. But it's up to you to make the most of that experience and then to, to learn the lessons. And there are good lessons and there are bad lessons. I'm not just saying that they're only going to be bad lessons. It's going to be some amazing moments. Yes. Uh, and all of it is going to change your life. <laughs> yes, it will. Wow. Life changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way to you know um ended today just knowing that traveling abroad it is life-changing and as anika said it can be good it can be bad but you have to decide because it's inevitable it will change you <laughs> so thank you so much anika for coming on thank you for giving us your time for being here for sharing so much good gems i mean i really appreciate it I'm sure others will as well. And if you want to connect with Anika, can you tell us how we can connect with you, please? Um, where am I not? <laughs> not on TikTok, but I'm not on YouTube either. So you can actually interact with me um, on Instagram. That's where you mostly find uh, any of my travel content and like my move abroad stuff. Um, at the Caribbean Millennial. Um, there's also my personal page at Ashford Oxford. Um, the Back and All Abroad podcast. Tune in weekly every Saturday. There are new episodes, one-on-one um, -on -one interviews with Caribbean millennials, just like myself and April. Um, pretty much a space just like this where we share and connect. And um, also like monthly, I, I do an episode that's kind of like a reflective episode to kind of like help people just like to, to use what they have, where they are to get to where they want to be, which is very important for me. And it's not just about physically traveling, but also, you know, taking time to connect with yourself um so yeah that is how and where um where else on facebook we have at the caribbean millennial on facebook so you can like the page and share and um i i just always am so honored to be in these spaces and that honor that a they exist and b that i can share as well because it's, it's very and i use the word important but i don't use it lightly it's important that we have these spaces that we can show up in authentically as ourselves and, and support each other, empower each other. And, and yeah, connect with me, even if it means to just have a conversation. Um, I'm always here. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you something personally. When she says that connect with her, it's no joke. Um, I connected with her on Instagram and yeah, it started there with a conversation that we had. So she's definitely open and willing to help you and what you heard today is just like uh, what the tip of the iceberg 
there is so much more so i would definitely encourage you to go check her out all right so thank you anika i look forward to seeing you all soon have a great day <laughs>